Hello and welcome to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 32. Today we're going to talk about the importance of living our faith in our daily lives. And the title of today's episode is The Parable of the Unbaked Cake or Faith Without Works is Dead. So here's the parable of the unbaked cake. A mom decided she was going to bake a cake for her family. She was a fabulous cook, and she loved to make cakes. She wanted to do something really special for her husband and her two kids. She wanted to make the best cake she'd ever made. So she got out all her cookbooks and her little file boxes of recipe cards that she'd had for years. And she read every one of them. She got everything out and she looked over everything. She looked at all her favorite recipes. And she looked at all the ones that she had and never made before. But the more she looked at it, she thought, no, I want something different. I want something new. I want to do something I've never done before. I want it to be really, really special. So she went to the library. She checked out a whole lot of new cookbooks that just had cake recipes in them. She learned about the science and the chemistry of different types of flour, different types of baking powder and baking soda, and what kind of sugar or sugar substitute or flour substitute you could use and how that would change the texture or the flavor. She just really got lost in all this research. And she learned a bunch of stuff she never knew before. But she never really found a cake recipe that she just thought was extra special. And so she just kept searching. So then she went to the internet and started Googling things, and she learned about all these new ingredients that she'd never heard about before. But she still didn't find really that perfect recipe that she thought she was looking for. Well, somehow, three weeks totally evaporated. Her hunt for the perfect cake had really not borne any fruit. She hadn't even gotten her mixing bowl out of the cupboard yet. Well, back on that very first day, she had told her kids that she was going to make them an extra special cake, but that she wanted to try a new recipe and she had to do a little research. So they were pretty excited. So each day for three weeks, they'd ask her, Mom, are you going to make the cake today? And each time she would say, Well, I'm still trying to find that perfect recipe, so please be patient. I've got to find something really special for you. I want to make you a really incredible cake. After about a week... The kids got pretty impatient. After two weeks, they were really discouraged. And during the third week, they were starting to get a little resentful of all that time their mom was spending reading and researching and studying recipes, but never making a cake. Early one afternoon, the mom came back from the library with the gleam of victory in her eyes. She had found an old cookbook in the antique book collection that had traditional recipes from many years ago that just had normal ingredients in it, and somehow she was totally unaware of her children's frustration, and so she gushed all her excitement on them. 
In utter despair, her daughter blurted out, Just make the cake already, Mom. We're tired of you just reading recipes and studying about cakes. When are you going to make it? Finally, the mom got the message loud and clear. She realized she could have made any of those recipes she had found, and they probably all would have been absolutely wonderful. So she promised her kids that she would make the cake later that afternoon, and they'd have it with dinner. Well, the kids were hopeful, but they still had a few doubts in their mind. But something told them that their mom was finally going to actually make a cake. And that's exactly what she did. That perfect cake recipe she found in the old cookbook from the library was really simple and easy to follow. There were no weird ingredients or modern substitutes for the more traditional things from years ago. And so finally she had the cake mixed. She poured it into the pans and popped it in the oven. That night after she had cleared the dinner dishes from the table, first she brought out the dessert plates and clean forks. Then she turned off the lights. The warm glow from the candles in the middle of the table gave off a warm, cozy feeling, and that increased the anticipation the children had felt all afternoon. Back in the kitchen, the mom paused for a moment in gratitude that she had finally baked her family the promised cake. Suddenly, she felt a bit silly for having taken so long to do such a simple task. But full of joy, she presented her masterpiece to the expectant and watering taste buds in the dining room. The kids were absolutely delighted, and the only sounds to be heard were four forks and four pairs of smacking lips. Her son finished first and let out a big sigh of utter delight. Mom, that was delicious. Why did it take you so long to make it? Apologetically, she said, I'm sorry, I wanted to make the perfect cake for you, and it just took me a while to find the right recipe. But Mom, her daughter whined, we like all the cakes you've ever made. They're all good. You could have tried some of the other recipes. We wouldn't mind being your guinea pigs on more than one. Her husband had been quiet up until this point and not said a word during the frenzied three weeks of cake recipe research. But now he broke his silence. He was kind of talking to himself when he said, My mom used to make this exact same cake, and I always loved it. Then he added, Honey, I think she gave you the recipe for this cake when we first got married. I, I don't think you ever made it. I have no idea whatever happened to it, but... Boy, I sure am glad you found that old cookbook. This sure does bring back a lot of good memories. She knew exactly where that recipe was. It was one of the very first ones she had found in her files on that first day three weeks ago. She actually had tried it early in their marriage, but she wasn't the greatest cook then and it hadn't come out right. The next morning, she compared that yellowed recipe card her mother-in-law had given her those many years ago with the page in the old cookbook from the library. And to her astonishment, they were the exact same recipe, word for word. Well, she'd had her cake last night. Now it was time for a little humble pie. She could have made the perfect cake three weeks ago, or any cake for that matter, but she got caught up in searching for some perfect, elusive ideal of a cake recipe. It had become more about the search than the cake itself. 
Next time, she vowed to herself when she was searching for the perfect recipe, she would try things along the way to see what worked and what didn't, do a little trial and error. She was sure her kids wouldn't mind having a few extra cakes to eat, and then she'd find out what they liked better and what they didn't. So the subtitle of this episode was Faith Without Works is Dead, and you can probably figure out where I'm going to go with this. How many times in our desire to be better Christians and to follow Jesus more closely and to be closer to God, do we tell ourselves we just need to find one more Bible verse and then we'll have our answer? We just need to spend a little more time studying or researching something. All those things are important, but if we're just reading books about how to have a deeper faith and we go to Bible study groups to talk about living our faith, that's not the same thing as actually living our faith. If we're always reading, studying, searching, researching, but not putting the ideas into practice that we've learned, we're kind of like that mom who spent three weeks searching for what was right under her nose all along. She could have made that cake the very first day. In Second Timothy, there's actually a warning about people who, quote, are always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. That's 2 Timothy 3, 7. Now, we do need to keep learning and studying and growing, but we have to stop sometimes and put those ideas into practice, live them in our lives. And sometimes you may feel like you don't have enough faith to put into practice, kind of like some people don't know how to bake a cake. I've made cakes all my life. My mom taught me how to bake when I was a kid. In fact, I'm going to put in the show notes to this episode my favorite cake recipe from when I was a kid. It's on one of those old yellow little recipe cards. It's a simple pound cake recipe, but we used to make it all the time and we loved it. Anyway, if you want to see that recipe and give it a try, I'll put it in the show notes for you. But some people don't know how to bake a cake. They never learned how. And if you don't believe me, just Google cake fails and you will find all kinds of pictures of pretty serious flops when it comes to making cakes. And sometimes we feel that's the way our faith is. We try to live our faith, and it seems like we're falling on our face sometimes. But every time you make an effort to live your faith, you grow a little stronger. Yes, it's important to read your Bible and study and do some research, but sometimes you have to close that Bible and get out of your prayer chair and go out into the world and live your faith. When you make a cake, you don't have to know all the science and the chemistry of the way the ingredients react with each other and how they bake at different temperatures. You don't need to know all that to make a good cake. And you don't need to know all the complexities of some controversial theological point to put your faith into practice. I mean, sometimes we love to go down the rabbit hole of searching different theological points and who thought this and who thought that. Well, that can be very interesting, but that doesn't always mean that you can love your neighbor as yourself better than you did the day before. Sometimes we need to get back to just the basic traditional cake recipe, and sometimes we need to get back to the good old-fashioned idea the simple things in the Bible that Jesus wants us to do. Love your neighbors yourself. Love God with all your heart and soul and mind. It's not about how much faith you have or how many Bible verses you study and have memorized or how many books you've read or how many sermons you've heard or preached or how many Bible studies you've participated in. 
It's about how much you use the faith that you do have. Remember the time in the Bible when there was a widow woman who put two little copper coins in the collection box in the temple. That's in Luke 21, 1 through 4. And at the same time, there were some wealthy people bringing in lots of money to contribute. And Jesus was there with his disciples, and he pointed out to them, you see that poor widow woman, she gave those two little copper coins. She gave everything she had. These rich men were giving a whole lot, but proportionally to their assets, they weren't giving nearly as much as the widow. And Jesus knew that. He said, see that widow woman, she's given more than all those guys put together. Jesus did math on a different level than we do. He wasn't counting things. He was counting thoughts. He was looking on the heart, and that's where he did his math. And he could see what this poor widow woman was giving with all her heart. Maybe you feel like you just have two little copper coins worth of faith. Well, that is plenty. Give that to God with all your heart. Give it all you've got. Put that little bit of faith you have into practice. Live it in your life, and it will grow. One time Jesus' disciples came to him and said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said to them, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. They wanted more faith. He wanted them to put into practice more the faith they already had. And that's what we need to do as well. The idea of a mustard seed is you're supposed to plant it. And when you plant it, it will grow and produce more seeds. And that's the way our faith is. However much faith or however little faith you have, take it, use it, put it into practice in your daily life, and it will grow and flourish. Now, I want you to think back to the subtitle of this episode, Faith Without Works is Dead. That's in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 20. It's not enough to have a stagnant faith that you're not living in your life. And Jesus said that various places. And you probably are doing a wonderful job of this already. But sometimes we hit a a bump in the road or a ditch in the road and we get stuck and we kind of wonder what to do next. If you ever find yourself in that situation, I suggest that you reread Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. That's in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Jesus shares so many ideas in that sermon about how to practice our faith. Things like being a peacemaker, being meek, forgiving people, loving your enemies, and praying for those that hate you and despitefully use you. He talks about forgiveness. He talks about purity. He talks about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. He talks about seeking the kingdom of heaven before you seek all the things that you need here on earth. He talks about charitable giving. He talks about how to pray. He talks about all these ways to live our faith. So read the Sermon on the Mount and hold your life up next to that and make a comparison. And I promise you, you're going to find at least one thing, probably a whole lot, of areas in your life where you could do a little better job of living the way Jesus wants you to. I know I always found something that I can do a little better job on when I read the Sermon on the Mount. And don't be too hard on yourself. Certainly, we don't always do it all perfectly, but I bet you're doing a pretty good job most of the time. But Jesus says at the very end of that sermon, kind of what I'm getting at in this episode, and that is, 
He said, if you do the things that I'm telling you here in this sermon, and you put them into practice in your daily life, you're like a man who builds his house on a rock. And when the waves beat against the house and the wind blows, it won't fall down because it's built on a sturdy foundation, the rock of Christ, obedience to what Jesus said. If you build your house, if you build your faith, if you build your life on obedience to what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, it doesn't mean the storms won't come and beat against your house, beat against your faith, but it will be strong because of your obedience. If you hear what Jesus said, or we could add study and research what Jesus said, but don't do what he said, you're like a man who built his house in the sand. And when the winds and the waves come, the house falls because there's no foundation. You're kind of like that lady who spent all that time researching cake recipes, but never baked a cake. Here's another example, just to look at it from a different perspective. Let's say you have a boat. If your boat is in dry dock all the time, what good is it as a boat? Maybe you could live on there, but a boat is designed to be in the water. You might bring it into dry dock for repair or during the winter if it's a smaller boat. But the idea of a boat is to get it out in the water and go somewhere, do something in it. Our faith is like that. It can't just sit on the shelf. You have to do something with it. You have to put it into practice. Here's what I hope you'll do this coming week. Think of one thing in the Sermon on the Mount that is dear to you. And over the next week, put that into practice. Do what Jesus says. If you need to forgive your enemies, forgive them. If you're all caught up in the worries of the world, not having enough food to eat or enough money to live on, think about what Jesus said about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And then all those things that you need will be given to you. There are all kinds of things in the Sermon on the Mount. So pick out just one that you feel like is important to you, but you realize that you could work on a little bit. And just take that and do it. Live it until you've kind of got it under your belt. And then pick out another one. That way you're doing what Jesus told you to. You're building your house, your faith on the rock of Christ and your faith will grow and flourish. So it's time to get out there and bake that cake. It's time to put our faith into practice and live it in our daily lives. And I'd love to hear about the cake that you bake. I'd love to hear how you've put your faith into practice. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll have the Bible references that I quoted today in the show notes. I'll also put my mom's pound cake recipe in there in case you'd like to give it a try. And if you do, let me know what you think. You can find all that on the show notes page, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 032. Oh, and what I forgot to mention is that this parable of the unbaked cake was originally a blog post on my website. So I will include the link to that post so you can go and read it if you'd like to. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can tag me over on Instagram at The Bible Speaks to You or go to my Facebook page, The Bible Speaks to You. Or you can reach me through the contact tab on the website up at the top in the menu bar, thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Now, if you've been listening for a while to The Bible Speaks to You podcast, you know we finished up this past week our prayer project called 20 Ways to Follow Christ in 2020. If you missed 
some of those, you can go back to episode 12, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 012 to get the full list. But we're done with that project now, and I would love to hear from you if there were any particular weeks that were helpful, what you learned from it, how you put some of those ideas into practice. Hey, I just want to thank you for listening. Some of you have been with me from the very start. Some of you may be brand new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. The whole purpose here is for us to really get back to the original spiritual lessons that Jesus taught, to pray more effectively, to experience God's healing presence in your life, and to follow Christ more closely. Jesus promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and my hope is that together we will get clearer glimpses of that kingdom right here on earth. If you haven't subscribed yet to The Bible Speaks to You, you can do so over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. There's also a new one called Good Pods. It's kind of like Good Reads for books, but it's for podcasts. So you can check that out. Or you can go to the show notes page, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 032. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little blue box. Just put your name and email in there, and that will put you on my email notification list. That way you'll always get an email for each new episode. And one more thing, please think of somebody and share this episode with them. There might be somebody that really would appreciate this parable of the unbaked cake. It has helped me take an honest look at myself and have a little chuckle in the process. But also, it makes me want to do better as well. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. God bless, and we'll see you next week.